0: This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. And you're listening to the WWE Podcast. Go,
1: go. The, the, is... the one that everybody wants, me. He lets
2: life to WrestleMania! Play more! Play more! Oh. Oh. Austin 316 says I just ripped your ass. This is my iron? You're gonna acknowledge me. All right, everybody, welcome to the WWE podcast mailbag. It is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. We're going to dive into the mailbag in just a second. But a couple of things. Number one, I'd like to welcome our latest patron. You guys have been flooding in lately. Uh, Nick H., who's our latest patron. Thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the Discord server. Enjoy all the ad-free content. And uh, you can get yourself on board Patreon at just for a dollar. You get everything we've ever done ad-free. And you can head on over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast and get yourself signed up for a dollar. Of course, there's higher tiers that provide more benefits, but you you can start at a dollar and get essentially everything you'd need, right? The other thing is our website is now live. Our totally refreshed, redone from the ground up website is now done. And I'd encourage you to check it out. WWEpodcast.com is now completely refreshed and there's a new VIP area if you want to sign up. Right now, we are offering... 50% 50% off of our normal $3 entry into the VIP lounge. And you can you can enter that code. It's WrestleMania. That's the uh, discount code that you enter when you sign up. Again, it's WrestleMania. It'll get you 50% off your first month. And then it's $3 a month after that. So what you get in there is uh, it's ad-free content as well as video updates that will be coming as well. So, And, and other things down the line. So I'd like to invite you to head on over there and join the VIP lounge because these video updates are not even going to be on Patreon. They're going to be exclusive to the WWE VIPs. And uh, again, that code is WrestleMania. That'll get you 50% off. Alrighty. Well, uh, guys, let's jump into the mailbag. You guys pound me every week. And <laughs> I just, you know, I really wonder, I'm starting this at nine, Nine o'clock at night on a Wednesday Eastern's time, I do wonder when I'll end because for you maybe maybe an hour, a couple hours will pass for me, it could be a day. I mean I'm, I'm trying to I'm gonna to try to rock it through this guys just for my the sake of time and not getting this out late to you. So if it seems like I'm rushing the show, it's only to get the show out to you timely instead of splitting it between two days, delaying it. You guys love the show, but I also want to provide quality responses. So it's gonna be a fine balancing act. So here we go. Let's see how this works. <laughs> if it seems like I'm just rushing the show to be a bad host, it's really not my intent. It's to make sure that uh, I get this out timely, which to me is very important. All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, let's go with, let's start with Dennis. Dennis, uh, Dennis the Menace, I want to say. Um, man, I haven't I haven't said Dennis the Menace since I was like 12. That, that movie was a, at least the, the one that they did in like the late 90s. You guys remember that one? I don't remember the actors' names, but I, I remember the movie very vividly. Um, and, and I don't know, Dennis the Menace was—it was always a fun, uh, a fun movie for me. And maybe it was the age. If I watched it now, I'm sure I'd find it really hokey. But all right, anyway, sorry, sorry, Dennis, <laughs> Dennis, uh, Mr. Dennis here. Let's um, let's dive into your your message here. A, a great patron over there, and here's what he says. Weighing in at 160 pounds and hails from Moston, Wisconsin, his name is Mr. Dennis. And I won't say your last name because I wasn't supposed to, so I'm not going (laughs) to. Mr. Dennis, on the road to WrestleMania. Yes, I have some things to talk about, and everyone's going to be quiet while I speak. Ooh, Dennis, are you, first of all, are uh, are you taking notes from Owen? Are you turning heel on us? What's going on? Let's read on to find out. All right, so Dennis says, Let's start with Roman Reigns. This streak he's on is coming to an end. Look at how he's holding the Universal title. He's held it for long enough. It's time for a different person to hold it. Same goes for the SmackDown Tag Team Champs. A run is a run, but these runs are too long, bro. Dennis, isn't that the point? I agree that if you're looking at this completely removed from the emotional part of this, if you're not invested in this product and you're just this fan that tunes in for to wrestling for the first time and says, you know, you ask, somebody tells you, wow, they've been championed for how many months? How many years? <laughs> in Roman's case, it's almost plural. You would think that, yeah, that's a super long run. They need to drop it. But when you dive into what wrestling is, you realize that sometimes long runs can be annoying for a good purpose. Not channel-changing, yawn-inducing, but for the purpose of actually creating additional heel heat and wanting to see somebody knock them off the perch, the longer it goes, the more frustrated you get as a fan. Isn't that the purpose? Isn't that the purpose, Dennis? So, I mean, of course, if it's channel changing heat and you're just you're totally over it, you're actually just annoyed. You don't even care if they lose it at this point. You just you don't even want to watch it anymore. That's different. There's a difference. People will say there's no difference in heel heat. If you get annoyed, it's annoyed. No. When you don't even want to watch the product anymore, then you've checked out. So that's the that's always the line that I draw when people try to make that argument. Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan makes that argument to me all the time when I say that, you know, I, I can't stand it. It's, it's childish. It's this and that. And I say it's channel changing heat. And he's like, but isn't that the point? Isn't that heel inducing heat? Isn't that why? Isn't that what you're supposed to feel? Not when I want to tune out of the product and not contribute to the product anymore. When I don't want to be a part of what I'm watching and I just want to watch something else, that's the difference. WWE doesn't want you to tune out, they want you to be invested enough to see somebody beat their ass. That's the difference. So, yes, Dennis, it is too long. Isn't that the point? Okay, uh, so you continue and you say, come on, when you get up to 500 plus for holding the Universal Gold and over 200, for the SmackDown uh, Tag Team Championships. That's where Dennis comes in and starts to rant about it. Speaking yourself in the third person, I like it. You, you, I think you've turned heel officially, Dennis. Look at the others, WWE and Creative. Just doesn't want other wrestlers to have the gold. I think there's a lot of talent in the back that Creative would uh, would want them to hold th- those belts. I'm putting my foot down, Matt. Also on Discord, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan was asking for, asking for anyone he knew... Uh, of amount of the ticket for each one of each night. Oh, I see what you're saying. So how much is each ticket for each night of WrestleMania? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I'm sure a simple ticketmaster.com search would answer that. I really don't know. I also don't know if they're selling the tickets separately or if it's one ticket's good for two nights. I don't know. I would be, to me, I'd be very disgusted at WWE if they have the same ticket price they would have if there was only a single night, but then they charge you for two nights for that same price. I I can't imagine that's the case. If they do charge you separately, you would think that the price would be cut in half. So, okay, you can decide to choose night one and not night two. I, I really, I don't know, Dennis. So anybody can go out and do a simple, simple search on Ticketmaster, And that'll give you the answer. I don't know offhand Dennis. Um, he said he uh, was only s- so many miles away, and, and Mr. Dennis says that watch where you put your words and not your money. I have changed, and I have, I'm have i liking and will do a finisher called the Mike Check M- Moston. I'm probably saying your city wrong there, Dennis. Uh, Mike Check Moston or Mauston Plunge. As you can tell, I'm now a changed character. Talk with you next week, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Dennis, for turning heel on all of us. And you now have a finish, and you're telling everyone to shut up. This is good stuff. This is good stuff, yeah. You and Owen should team up. Now we got to find a, uh, a babyface team to, to go against you guys. So thanks, Dennis. Randy, 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 Randy. I didn't forget about you, brother. You're right here. Let's get right to your email. And another great patron. And he's known as Randy the patron, ironically. So Lita and Becky was a great match. I enjoyed it so much. I absolutely started thinking who she can wrestle again if she does because she still has it. I would love to see her and Charlotte go at it. Who would you like to see her go against? So if Lita and and come, uh, continues her run, Charlotte would be a good opponent. I don't hate that. Doesn't I, I feel like they already did this, didn't in a tag team match of sorts. It wasn't one-on-one, but it's been a while. It's been a hot minute, as the kids say. So I, I wouldn't mind Charlotte. I also would like Sasha Banks. I think Sasha Banks would be a hell of a, uh, a, a matchup as well. And if Sasha comes out of hiding, Sasha has the most bizarre career of all time in WWE. she goes yes there's ebbs and flows to everyone's character and everyone's storyline people take a backseat then they're the main event then they go through kind of a cycling where they're in a a program seemingly for six months and then they're back to the main event and then it's just cycle right But, but Sasha Banks her career goes to such extremes I have no idea what is really going on with Sasha Banks with Mercedes I have really I don't we're left here to speculate but and I know this wasn't your question, Randy. See, I'm answering a question that you didn't even ask. That's how selfish I am. <laughs> but uh well, I'm just I, I wanted to talk about Sasha Banks because I haven't talked about her because she hasn't been really been on TV. She turned babyface. Again, her her heel turns and her babyface turns, especially her babyface turns, don't make any sense because there's never really a turn. We're just supposed to like her again because of reasons, I guess. But but Sasha Banks, she it's weird. She goes from the top of the mountain like main eventing WrestleMania last year with Bianca Belair, one of the greatest main events for the women of all time. And then she goes into obscurity, gets injured, comes back. She's kind of in the main event, then she disappears. And and she's gone. And then she doesn't show up for like the Rumble. And then she like what the hell is going on with Sasha Banks? She's got the most when I mean, you if you if someone was to like pin out a timeline of Sasha Banks' last just three years of her career and the, the, the month or day that she left, the day she returned, you know what they did with her during those times. It has got to be the most extreme graph of all time. It's I, I cannot figure out why or what's going on with Sasha Banks. There must be something going on, obviously, or the fans aren't privy to on a personal level and professional level. I don't know what that is injuries yes have played a part throughout her career but there's more there's got to be more anyway back to uh your question randy not mine um yeah so sasha banks would be one uh next although i thought for a second alexa was going to win the chamber i was glad that it was bel-air she deserves it but do you think they're going to let her win again if so what do they do with becky after that i don't know you know randy that's right now okay if the match was tomorrow if the match was tomorrow in dallas I would say Becky retains. I actually would like to see Becky retain. I think there's interest in that. Uh yes, having her lose at WrestleMania, lose, you know, gaining the championship at WrestleMania or defending it at WrestleMania 35 and retaining it again at WrestleMania 38. <laughs> again, there's an hour or an hour and a half, a year and a half of her being absent with having a baby. But that said, yeah, you know, I would say tomorrow, if it was tomorrow, Becky Lynch wins. I want to see what the follow up is. I want to see the next six weeks of television, uh, and to to see how they build it. How are they building it? Is is there any sort of maybe heel turn from Bianca coming? Uh, you know wh- what's happening here? Because without with this just coming in cold, I don't know. Uh, I would still say Becky retains, but there is there is um. Certainly something to be said for Bianca being the only woman to main event WrestleMania twice and win the belt twice and win both championships. So she does have that stat. So maybe I'm talking myself out of it. Um, So, all right. Well, Randy, when we get closer to WrestleMania, we'll we'll talk a little more. It's tough right now. As far as the March 5th event at MSG, they're going to make a great card. They are going to make that a great card every year now to get ratings, but if it's a house show, I don't know what we're going to do, what they're going to do to make it live. Yeah. So I, I don't know either. Um, you know, maybe they do have kind of a, a, maybe they just call it a special live event from Madison square garden. I could see them just, it's not really a premium live event or a pay-per-view. It's just a, a, a special live event. I could see that being the case, but if not, this is the first time they've ever advertised a house show. (laughs) <laughs> on television, yeah, I know it's MSG, but you know, geez. Uh, so they'll, if anything, they'll call a special live event. You know, maybe that's what they do. All right, last I enjoyed the Dolph and Champa match a lot. I think it's awesome they're doing that with NXT. Same question I asked the casual family. I ask you, do you think they will do more of NXT and WWE? going up and down or is it because they have no storyline that's it for this week got a little or i got off late from work and passed out yeah randy i hear you i'm half half awake on this microphone right now i'm not even kidding like my eyes just shut by accident (laughs) Um, when i was talking a few minutes ago but you guys can't see me that's the beauty of it i can just do these ridiculous things and uh, you don't know but randy so here's what i think about nxt they have not shown me on a consistent basis that they have taking NXT seriously to consistently be on the quote-unquote main roster story at all. It seems as if they do it when it's out of convenience, that there's no real rivalry between NXT and the other brands. There should be really no rivalry between any of them because they're all WWE. But to me, they have not shown historical evidence that would support them on a consistent basis making them or making or having them do more NXT and WWE It is out of convenience. It's going to be once in a while uh, and when they want to. It's not going to be an ongoing thing. And more often than not, it is a one-way street for NXT to come to the main roster. Yes, we've seen AJ Styles. We've seen Dolph Ziggler. Hell, we had uh, Finn Balor go to NXT for an extended period. But Finn Balor was an exception in terms of that length of time going the other way. Where we had AJ and Dolph kind of step in for a cup of coffee and leave, that's gonna be more the thing. Where when they need a ratings boost, when they want, you know, bring in a star that they know could work really well with anybody, AJ and Dolph, my God, they could work with anybody. They could work with, you know, a broomstick, as they say. And so that's what I think. Anyway, long answer short, It's going to be out of convenience. It's going to be very sporadic. And there's at this time, there's no reason to believe and nothing has shown me over the last five or six or seven or eight years that there's going to be a consistent kind of fun rivalry going on between them or an invasion of any kind. No, uh, I I just I don't think so. So, all right. Thanks, Randy. Much appreciated. And I think let's see. I, I know, DJ, we've got DJ, but I want to make sure that I didn't miss anybody here. Uh, let's see here. I, I don't think I did. You guys are pretty light on Patreon this, this week. And I, I kind of appreciate it. (laughs) I was hoping for a quick show tonight, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, not that I don't love this, but when you're, when you, you live on two hours of sleep a night, it, it really wears on you. Okay. Um, so let's get to, let's get to DJ Kuzmo guys. Here we go. So he says mailbag alert, mailbag alert, and away we go. Hey, Matt and WWAEW podcast family, this is DJ Kuzmo from beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Sorry about that, uh, Miller, from beautiful South Africa. I knew I knew it, DJ, taking a shot at Miller. Is everyone turning heel tonight? Is there something in the air? I need some baby face turns here. Um, so shout out to you, my friend. I'm just looking at my calendar and thinking about possibly planning a trip, a summer trip to South Africa this year once these COVID restrictions end. I've heard so many nice things about South Africa—the people, the food, the beautiful places to visit, and the thriving music scene. Anyway, before I get sidetracked and go on a vacation rabbit hole, I want to give a quick shout out to my mom on celebrating her birthday this past Tuesday. On the infamous two twenty-two twenty-two, it's the Tuesday. Everybody, I'm sure heard that at work, right? How clever is that? It's the Tuesday because a two twenty-two fell on a Tuesday. All right. I think I've beat that to death. And of course, shout out to the one and only, the CEO, the head honcho, the commissioner, the president of the uh, the unofficial, official, unofficial WWE podcast. Matt, happy birthday, my friend. Well, thank you. Uh, I was on the 13th, 10 days ago. So you were officially banned from the show, DJ. Uh, I have a week that I allow people to forget and you missed that week. So of course, I'm just messing with you. But I mean, I don't know. See, I'm turning heel too. You guys are you guys are influencing me. I really appreciate the dedication and the time you put into making this podcast, in my opinion, truly the best wrestling podcast out there. Anyway, I hope you had lots of fun on your birthday and got a chance to be treated as a king for a day by your wife and kids. Well, if by treating like a king, you mean being able to sleep a half hour later and uh, maybe cleaning up, you know, two or three less poopy diapers um, you know, the, the bar is set very low, DJ. <laughs> I got I got to admit the bar is set extremely low when you have two very young children at home uh, because everything is just all consuming all the time, every minute of the day. And so these little moments of rest that I got um, are really what I what I um, got <laughs> of just like, OK, I'll take this. You go and relax or whatever. Yeah, it, it, um, it wasn't exactly a luxurious day that I would have had in previous years of my life. Anyway, um, so with that being said, I'm giving you, Matt, proverbial flowers, my friend. We all from Patreon, Discord chat, and the faithful listeners, weekly contributors to Mailbag, appreciate. Well, thank you, DJ. I really do. Um, I really do appreciate that as well. I appreciate the listener. I really appreciate everybody because listen, and I'm not being a jerk about this or being facetious or sarcastic. You know, th- this show is only in existence because of you. Yes, I started out by myself of nobody listening like literally one two three people that happen to stumble on my podcast listen but you know over time you just continue to plug away and pe- more people stumble on it and more people and you maybe throw a few dollars into advertising on Facebook or Instagram or you know whatever and uh you know a friend tells a friend tells a friend and eventually it, it takes a long damn time guys I've been podcasting for tw- eight years since 2014 under a different show and now, the WWE podcast, which I think it started in 2018. I can't remember what year I started. It's awful with this particular show. So this, this one's been in existence about four years. And, you know, I really do appreciate everybody. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a one-man show behind the scenes in terms of editing and all that. And I, I, I am very grateful for all the listeners and all the, pot, all the hosts that dedicate their time to, you know, sharing their knowledge of wrestling and their, their passion. Um, but certainly the listeners are the reason we're all here without you guys we 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 really don't exist it's true i know it's cliche i'm I'm sorry for the cliche and kind of the oh we've heard this before oh my god it's pandering i'm the last person to pander all right i'm not john cena i'm not gonna create a chain gang okay god i hated that (sighs) all right that's a whole nother rant but thank you seriously guys thank you to dj and thank you to all the people that take their time to listen to this i uh, you know, I I know that there's a million other podcasts out there. A lot of them are much bigger than we are, and I know that. And, and you know, a lot of them are really good. I'm not crapping on any of them, to be honest. A lot of them are very good, very good. And uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the Torch. Shout out to them. I love the Torch. I love Wade Keller. I love Pro Wrestling Net with Jason Powell. I'm not afraid to shout them out. Good for them. They're the reasons actually I'm here. Because I was listening to them for a few years, I'm like hell. I could do this. I want to. I want to chime in, right? And lo and behold, here I am. So big shout out to them. Uh, they really got me into this. So you know, maybe one day we'll collab. Who knows? We'll see if I can pencil them in, right? All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on from all this lovey-dovey stuff. But uh, seriously, thank you guys. All right. So I just lost my place here. God, this is embarrassing. Let's move on. All right. So let's take a pause, rewind and bring it back. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm going to try to be brief on the uh, email portion here because I have some choice words and long rants about the outcome of the Elimination Chamber. So first off, I'm going to talk about welcome back Finn. Finally, the Prince returns after what seems like a month because I don't remember seeing Finn Balor at day one or the Rumble. It seems that Damien's next opponent is going to be Finn Balor on Monday Night Raw next week if Vince doesn't do last-minute changes. <laughs> That's always possible. Uh, in my opinion, WWE creative can build a storyline angle of the both, of both characters leaning toward their dark sides. And hopefully, just hopefully, Damian Priest turns heel and then drops the belt to Finn. I do not mind Finn Balor becoming the new U.S. champion, most likely at WrestleMania, because we have seen a long title reign of Damian Priest, and it's long overdue. With that being said, with Finn Balor back, hopefully this could be the beginning of a gradual 6-12 to month main event push for Finn, leading to next year's Rumble, because since he's returned to the main roster and controversial losses to Roman at Extreme Rules, Finn has not gotten any significant or consistent babyface push. Hopefully with this potential feud with Damian Priest, this could be the start of good things for Finn. Yeah, look, uh, I have, I'm really a fan of Finn, like, I was a fan of Finn Balor before he went back to NXT, but when he came back from NXT to WWE, it was as if he just he matured even further. I mean, Finn Balor uh, on the mic, in the ring, everything he's he's a, a a polished performer from from top to bottom. I think what's going against him is what goes against everyone that's under six foot. It's the height, it's the size, it's the look for Vince that he will never ever ever get over ever. It is something that he looks to and envisions his top star, the face of the company, not being somebody that's five foot eight. All right. And I I, I, look, I'm five, seven. All right. That's (laughs) look, I'm most women. If you took the average height of a woman, I'm maybe like an inch or two taller than most women when it comes to men, like I am probably like, you know, in in the, uh, you know, the 20th percentile in terms of height, okay? So I don't exactly have the height gene, so my son is screwed. My my daughter will be just fine. But yeah, look, I think that's a big thing with Finn is that he has a problem, or Vince has a problem with his height and his size. I know Vince won't admit it, but it's always been the case with consistent main eventers being that way. You could point to Daniel Bryan, but Daniel Bryan was something that was forced on Vince. It wasn't something that he would have done on his own had the fans not decided to choose him. If the fans didn't make their movement, Daniel Bryan would be known as just another great, you know, a, a great hand that literally was a B-plus player, as Stephanie said many times, that we would have said, man, what if Damn it, Daniel Bryan should have been in the main event? Luckily, the fans rallied. We all just decided to move, and uh, we got him to the main event of WrestleMania. So with that all being said, I think Finn Balor has that against him, but I would love to see a 6-12 to month main event push too, and uh, having him go against Damian Priest is fun. I think Damian Priest is already turning heel. You listen to the reaction. I don't know if it's intentional or not, especially this past week on Raw. He got a pretty negative reaction. And I think that that the fans are just kind of gravitating away from him. They, you know, for for one reason or another, another maybe they're just a little tired of him being U.S. champion. Um, they don't know a whole lot about him. He he is a bit condescending. Uh, so there there are there are some factors against Damian Priest here. He, he's turning, I think, heel either intentionally or organically. It's happening anyway. All right, the Rhea push is coming. Is the next topic that you? have here in your email there DJ and you say that Rhea has so far had a good start to this year she had a good showing in the women's rumble until she got eliminated by Charlotte Flair she and Nikki T-R-A-S-H good one I I like that DJ officially broke up on Monday Night Raw which is in my opinion so long overdue it's about damn time goodbye Nikki T-R-A-S-H then this past Saturday at the women's chamber match, Rhea once again had a good showing. She eliminated Nikki, then progressed into the match and the, reached the final four. And then Bianca eliminated Rhea with the K.O.D. to win the chamber. Despite those losses, don't you see all? Don't you see the slow upward climb for Rhea Ripley? A push, uh, her push. It's great to see the gradual upward progression for Rhea Ripley because last year. In 2021, she got that main event push so quickly to face Asuka for the women's title at WrestleMania. And when Rhea won the title, she continued her title reign. It felt underwhelming because it wasn't an organic push. It felt forced. You can make the case that Becky and Charlotte were not there in time for last year's WrestleMania as the reason for the forced push for Rhea to win the title. Anyway, when Rhea dropped the title to returning Charlotte Flair, Rhea her push finally came to an end. And then a couple of months later, she was put into a tag team with Nikki T-R-A-S-H. Anyway, fast forward back to this year. Now that Rhea is no longer in a tag team with Nikki, and it seems like her feud with Nikki came to an end this past Monday night. I'm looking forward to seeing who Rhea's next opponent will be. It would be awesome to see Rhea versus Dewdrop. Both are powerhouses and both have similar upper body strength. You could even make the case for Rhea in a triple threat against Becky Lynch and Bianca. Okay, so I'm going to pause there, DJ. I've made that case as well for the triple threat for several weeks now. I'm not saying that I thought of the idea. First, I'm agreeing with you that this is a potential match for Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, and I hope it happens. I'm not a fan of, as a general rule, triple threat matches title matches at WrestleMania I don't completely rule them out but as a general rule I stand by it that triple threat matches should not take place it should be one-on-one mono 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 but in this case Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair especially work so well together they could kill it and Becky obviously is insanely good as well having Rhea added to this match could really add to the match and if Rhea ends up taking the pinfall and Bianca wins, Becky could claim that she wasn't a part of the decision and that she wasn't truly beaten for the belt and blah, blah, blah. So it saves Becky's face while also transferring the belt to Rhea and upping the quality of the match by having Rhea in it. To me, it's a win-win. So we'll see if they do that. Uh, Okay. Hopefully creative doesn't go that route of a triple threat. (laughs) I didn't read the next line, but that's your next line. Look, I understand, DJ. I totally get the triple threat nonsense. The the problem is we wouldn't have such an issue with it if they didn't overuse triple threats. That's the problem I have with it and that you likely have with it is it's not just WrestleMania, but they use so many triple threats for so many different storylines that it's beyond overuse. It's dead. It's dead and gone uh, in terms of feeling fresh or like it's a big deal. So I get it, DJ. I mean, but, but I will make an exception for this one because think about Rhea being added to that match. She's such a good performer and her and Bianca work so well together outside of the label that it's triple threat. I don't see a downside to it for this particular instance. This is an exception, guys. This is an absolute exception to the rule. I agree, I understand that I am uh, that I'm doing something that I, I, I and in saying something I normally don't. But OK, back to Bianca Belair. There is a compelling storyline feud, an absolute compelling storyline that d- uh, creative can build with Rhea versus B- Becky or rather Rhea versus Bianca stemming from their time in NXT. And even when Rhea or rather the storyline can be built with a tagline, Rhea is stuck in Bianca's shadow. Even when Rhea won the raw women's title at WrestleMania last year, she was overshadowed by Bianca winning her SmackDown title women's title against Sasha Banks in the main event of night one at WrestleMania All I'm saying is that it would be awesome to see this potential feud of Rhea versus Bianca develop into a rivalry that could span five to ten years like Becky versus Charlotte, Sasha versus Bailey. Anyway, with that being said, the Rhea push is coming, and it's only a matter of time until Rhea gets back to the top of the proverbial mountain. But this time, it's not a forced push. That's the most important part, and the one that you brought up, DJ, is that last year felt wrong. It felt wrong on so many levels. Number one, she just walks in and gets a, a championship match. No one even contested it. Women that are there, presumably, to challenge for that belt in their dream match at WrestleMania, no one stepped up to say anything. It made no sense. Uh, Rhea was not good on the mic last year, and it did feel forced. It didn't work. It never, she felt awkward. And I, I remember, too, they didn't know what the hell to do with her after she won the belt. They had no idea what to do. Just like when an AJ Oma- and Omas won the tag team belts last year at WrestleMania, and then they went into oblivion and took a month off because creative had nothing for them after WrestleMania. I mean, how many times have we seen that, especially last year where they get they you, you have these baby faces overcome and then there's no follow up. You talk about a, a kill switch. No pun intended, Christian. Uh, th- th- that's literally a kill switch. That's a formula for a, a disastrous title run. You know, and, and, and having Bianca go back and forth, they felt they didn't know what to do with it, right? Like it's not that they just made her disappear like AJ and Elmas, but they made her feel heel babyface, obnoxious babyface that should be a heel, a heel that feels like they should. They didn't know what the hell to do with her. It was awkward for Bianca, or rather Rhea, last year, and it felt to me. I'm ignoring it. It's almost like it didn't happen to me. Uh, but as far as feuding for five to ten years, while that sounds insane, it's not consistent, right? I know what you mean by five to ten years, uh, DJ. Like Randy Orton and, and John Cena, there's one. Randy Orton and Edge. Uh, we had uh, Edge and uh, John Cena. You know, th- there's programs that that you can keep coming back to. Hell, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. How long has that been going on? And every time we hear that it's their last match, it's not their last match. <laughs> so there are programs that span five to ten years time. Of course, maybe taking a year or two in between the program. But I know what you mean, DJ. You know you're not having five to ten years of consistent matches between the two. Okay, it w- I I was nice on this end of the mailbag, but my infamous voice recording I blew off steam from the outcome finale of the final of, of the elim- of the finale of the elimination chamber. Ple the PLU. <laughs> I'm not going back, and I'm ready to let it rip. I'm not holding back. Happy birthday, Matt. Peace. Thanks, DJ. I'll get to your voicemail in a minute. So yeah, I'm just instead of a pay per view, I know that the acronym for Premium Live Event is PLE, so I'm just going to call it the Ple. <laughs> a, I don't think that's going to catch on. Uh, those of you that are that we used to watch Friends, I'm actually a big Fran, Friends fan. I know that's the most unoriginal thing to say of all time, um, but I, I, I literally have seen every episode probably five times. It's crazy, and not, I, I haven't watched Friends in a while. But when I did, I was on a binge of it for you know one of those long periods of time. Same with The Office. I love The Office, Parks and Rec. All the things that are really uninteresting, and it's like, oh, yeah, everyone loves that, right? I understand, like Breaking Bad, all right? I'm not very interested in Game of Thrones, all these things I love, of which I'm about as interesting as, you know, 100, 100 million people that have seen these shows. But uh, my point is with the Friends thing, my Friends reference was, I'm going to call it a pluh, because in one of the episodes early on in the Friends series, uh, somebody asks Phoebe if she has a plan for her life. And she's like, I don't even have a pluh, right? I don't know. And those of you that are friends, affectionados will appreciate that. Those of you that aren't are like, what the hell is he talking about? All right. So uh thanks, DJ. We'll get to your we'll get to your uh interesting, interesting uh voicemail. I'm I'm interested to hear what that has to uh has to be in just one second. Let's see if we have any other emails from our um from our patrons. And I don't think we do. I think that is the end of the patrons' emails. So I know we have a couple of regular emails that the, the, the common folk, um, as I insult my listeners, um, that we're going to get to. So let's let's get to Shane. So Shane writes in. And he says, actually, actually, him and I may debate about The Miz in an upcoming episode. But here here's what Shane says. Uh, hey, Aussie Bogan here again. Even though Shane is his name. I don't know. Anyway, we, we have an email from uh, an Australian, either Shane or Aussie Bogan. If you refer to me as my name, it's all good. doesn't really bother me. It's up to you. Well, I refer to you as both. Okay. I've got both of your names. I got all bases covered. Okay. So here it is. I wanted to get your opinion on Randy Orton and what you think his legacy will be when he finally hangs up his boots and your opinion. I may be biased on this as Orton is hands down my favorite wrestler. I've watched WWE most of my life. I love The Rock and Austin as a young kid. Went through my typical Cena stage when when it hit about 2009. I was in high school around the time I saw Orton in his prime, and he's been my favorite ever since. I agree with JBL when they say if you build a WWE superstar from the ground up, that's what he should look like. He has the look, the cool finish and when booked properly is a badass. But this brings me to my issue with Orton that isn't ever really discussed when you talk about Cena's, Rock's, Batista's, and Lesnar's. That's a shame. Because unlike Cena and Rock and Batista and Orton, uh, Orton, or rather, Orton didn't leave for Hollywood and make movies. He didn't leave for UFC like Lesnar. He didn't jump ship to the other companies only to return years later. As much as I respect people like Mysterio, the Hardys, Lashley, these are the guys that left and tried elsewhere. When you look at the roster... Orton is the only superstar left from the Attitude Era who's been active an active competitor since he debuted, apart from being injured. He is still there. I think he's a bit underappreciated in a sense, and I think it might be because of you don't know what you've got till it's gone. When Orton retires, I think it may leave a bigger hole than most people realize. I give him props because unlike Cena, Lesnar, Triple H, Goldberg, etc., who come back and are instantly in the main event scene with no reason or explanation— You see Orton now giving the rub to newer talent like Riddle. He puts over Otis and Gable. He put over Drew in the Thunderdome era. Keith Lee, to name a few. Week in, week out, year after year. I sort of compare him to this generation's Undertaker, which is a high praise. Since, let's be honest, Taker is the greatest of all time. But when you look at his career, I consider him a needle mover. But that needle will be in a haystack until the day he retires. His finish move is more over than 80% of the roster. I mean, more people know of the RKO than they do of Biggie. Your thoughts. Cheers. Okay. So good email here. So without diving too deep into this, because I am trying to move this podcast along with uh, voicemails and such. um, Here's what I'll say quickly about Orton and his legacy and the, the points you brought up about him not leaving. Randy Orton will be regarded as one of the greatest of all time. That said, there will always be this cloud hanging over Randy Orton's head. And that's not to say that he should have gone to Hollywood or anything like that, or you know, he's better because he didn't. I think the cloud that will hang over Randy Orton's head is he didn't ever reach his full potential. And what I mean by that is, and even Triple H has said this on air to him during a program at one point, that he's got so much potential and he could be one of the hottest stars of all time, as big as Austin and Rock. If he had actually applied himself and gave himself 110% every night and didn't get in his comfort zone. It felt like Randy Orton got in, his, in a comfort zone for like 10 years and sat there. And it, Randy Orton in his comfort zone is still better than 90% of the roster on full tilt. That's how good Randy Orton is. He doesn't even have to try in the ring. He could be sleepwalking and have a better match than most of the guys on the roster and be smoother and and understand psychology. No doubt, Randy Orton is the most tenured star, active star on the roster right now. I believe that is actually true. Randy Orton has been active for 21 years now under WWE. He's over two decades of pro wrestling. The guy is a machine. He still looks like he's 20. He's, he's aged very well. His injuries have been minimal, and I think a lot of that is to due to, especially as of late in a tag team with Riddle, you don't take most of the bumps. Riddle does 80% of the match. Orton comes in, has the hot tag, gets a couple of clotheslines, a power slam, DDT, and boom, goodnight, the lights with an RKO, and you go home. So Orton has done that. He also has a bus, which carries him around, and he's earned it. He's He has a bus that, uh, just like uh, Orton, or rather, Seth and Becky actually have a bus, so... They have somebody that drives them. They can relax and sleep and all all that kind of stuff. So Orton has earned his lifestyle, and he's, he's reserving his body for the long term, trying to stretch and squeeze every bit of juice out of his career that he can instead of taking big bumps for no reason. He doesn't need to at this stage anyway. So when I look at Orton's career, he will be forever, for me, remembered as the guy that RKO is is clearly attached to him forever and is over as you said higher than 80% of the roster but he'll f- still forever be the guy that just was in his comfort zone for the majority of his career not all of it but the majority of it you were thinking he's so damn good but I feel like there's more. It felt like he you know he was the guy in the you know in the right hand lane on the highway doing this exactly the speed limit knowing that he's not going to get pulled over he's not going to get in trouble. It's just fine. And Randy Orton from you know a, a good chunk of his career felt just fine. And he's really good without even trying. Imagine if he tried. I think that will be a part of his legacy, although obviously not spoken at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and yeah, he didn't leave like all the other ones you mentioned for Hollywood. But yet, just because he didn't leave, is it odd that he's not a bigger star than some of those? The Rock has now been in Hollywood longer than he's been in pro wrestling, and The Rock is a bigger name than Randy Orton, and yet Randy Orton has been there longer than The Rock has. Batista has made a name for himself going to Hollywood. He is arguably as big of a star as Orton, and he's been out of wrestling uh, I mean for for quite some time. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really necessarily knock the guys that left for Hollywood. I get it. Money talks and you don't have to throw your body at the ground six nights a week to get paid. So, I agree though when Orton leaves, he's probably going to leave a bigger hole than most people realize. It's just a fact. Um yeah, th- th- there's no there's no doubt. I mean I mean you also say that unlike Cena, Lesnar and Triple H and Goldberg who came back and in are instantly main event with no re- reason or explanation, you see Orton giving the rub to newer talent. Yeah, well, he should. Just as any talent should, any older talent should. AJ Styles is doing it. Roman Reigns is now doing it. You know, a lot of the guys that are still there should do it and do do it. You know, that, that that's something that that's expected. That's not a, it's not an exception or something that's just completely unexpected that Randy Orton is doing that is going the extra mile. I mean, it, he should do it. If he's a student of the game, and he is, he knows that if you're the veteran, you want to help build those new stars. That's the whole point. So, yeah, look, I'm a big Randy Orton fan. Is he a true needle mover? Man, I guess it depends how you define needle mover. Because I will say this. In terms of ratings, is Randy Orton a needle mover in terms of ratings? I would say yes, he is. So, yeah, if you're looking at ratings... Now, is he a big needle mover? No, but the the minute by minute match by match ratings have consistently shown that Randy Orton does pop ratings slightly, but he does. So, yeah, I think he's a needle mover in the true sense of the word. In the larger sense of the word, is he a true needle mover where he has millions of fans that would tune in if you knew he was going to, you know, uh, be in the main event of WrestleMania and people are freaking out over that and they, you know, I don't I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think neither, like the true massive needle movers are obviously the biggest names in wrestling: Stone Cold, Rock, Roman Reigns. You know those those guys. All right, but man, that's a hell of a that's a deep discussion there, buddy. Deep discussion. All right, that does it for the email portion of the show. Let's now get to the lovely, lovely, lovely um, voicemail portion of the show where I get to hear all of your voices and I get to sit back and I get to relax for a little bit and take a break and uh, you guys get to talk. So let's do that right now. Hello!
3: podcast world this is dj Coosbo back at it again on your mailbag show i'm recording to you live once again on a tuesday evening and is that special tuesday and it is on that special day today as i'm recording this on 2 22 2022 that a day like today only happens in a 100 years can you believe that that a hundred years from now will be another time that we have a, 20, a, a 2, 22, 21, 22? Insane! I'm just thankful that I'm alive to see this in 2, 22, 2022. So before I get started, I did avoid all the spoilers because I did not watch Elimination Chamber live this past Saturday. I did watch it later on at 8 o'clock at night. And did I see again, again, Brock Lesnar on top, closing out the show, this time with his baby back, with his WWE title, back in the hands of Brock Lesnar. And just to see Bobby Lashley make his immediate exit knowing that uh, he had some sort of shoulder injury, most likely from the match that he had with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble with those goddamn German suplexes that he was getting over and over and over. And I, I really hope to see that Bobby Lashley um, gets better, gets gets well soon, and I'm praying that you know he gets back to 100% because when Bobby Lashley does come back, the first person that he should go up against And most likely get back his WWE title is Brock Lesnar. So, with that being said, we do have Brock Lesnar again closing the show on top like I did mention. For the third time, for the third time in a row to start off 2022, do we see Brock Lesnar being inserted himself in the closing of the show. We did see at day one. That he won and became the WWE Champion. We did see, of course, he did lose to Bobby Lashley in the WWE title match with the help of Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. But then he comes back at the Royal Rumble, at the Men's Royal Rumble, to insert himself and then win the Royal Rumble? What the hell? again with this whole i guess storyline journey that you're taking us wwe that you have brock lesnar of course he wins the Royal rumble he gets his shot to take on roman reigns at wrestlemania but still you want to go back to bobby lashley to get back your wwe title it doesn't make any sense and then of course of course, we see again with the overexposure, exposure, with the booking, the, the forced booking down on our throats of Brock Lesnar. Yes, he's doing a great job. Yes, he's living his best life. But we don't need to see this over and over and over. We understand that you're trying to uh, uh, fill out an entire stadium for WrestleMania night one and night two. But Brock Lesnar is not going to be on both nights. He's most likely going to be on night two main event with Roman Reigns. And like he did say, like he did say, he wanted to be uh, title versus title. He did say that on Monday Night Raw. But I just feel for Bobby Lashley. I feel for, I feel for this guy. For all of the time that he was the champion doing 2021, he did a great job with the Hurt Business. And just to see Bobby Lashley, just uh, the booking of Bobby Lashley. Let's, I want to talk about the booking of Bobby Lashley with Brock Lesnar. After when we had this match at the Royal Rumble, did it look like Bobby Lashley was just pushed to the side. Yes, he did win back the WWE title, but the focus, again, was on Brock Lesnar. Not about Bobby Lashley's accomplishments, I guess you could say uh, by the skin of his teeth that he won back the WWE title, but the focus was now back on Brock Lesnar. And then we saw at Elimination Chamber, for crying out loud, Bobby Lashley is your WWE champion and you don't have him come out last? What the hell, WWE? That goes to show that the main focus is not on the WWE Champion. It is on the big name star. And of course, sad to say, it's Brock Lesnar. So, seeing that Bobby Lashley did not even come out last. And of course, Bobby Lashley didn't even get a chance to compete in this match. You know, I guess they they said in a storyline or whatever the case may be. That he had a quote-unquote concussion. Which actually was that he got... Shoulder injury Now he has to take on surgery And all that stuff Because of what happened to him At the Royal Rumble When he took a whole bunch of goddamn German suplexes From Brock Lesnar So again Over and over With the exposure of Brock Lesnar He didn't need to win back The WWE title Monday Night Raw For crying out loud Does not have any One on one WWE title match At Wrestlemania And I don't know Uh, In terms of the booking of who could have been in that position now that Bobby Lashley is not there, I don't know who could have been in that position if Brock Lesnar did not win this match or if Brock Lesnar was not involved in this match. Yes, you could have had Seth Rollins, yes. There's a possibility you can make a case for AJ Styles. But again, going back to the well of the big name stars, and again, I'm having an issue and I'm frustrated about the outcome that Brock Lesnar again closes the show on top. You don't need to be involved in a title versus title match. Second of all, After the poor booking, after the poor booking of Bobby Lashley, making him look like a transitional champion having the title for what, three weeks? And Bobby Lashley was injured. My second point that I want to make about why I'm frustrated about Brock Lesnar winning the WWE title again is the issue of building stars. You could have had a Seth Rollins. You could have had an AJ Styles. But no, you put it on Brock Lesnar. It doesn't make any sense to put the the belt back on Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is a bigger name than the WWE title. And speaking of the WWE title, when was the last time, when was the last time that the WWE title was relevant? I guess you could say what Drew McIntyre was the champion during the COVID era. Yes, he did. Well, he was booked strongly as a babyface. And then, of course, you could say Bobby Lashley. But Bobby Lashley, after his triple threat match with with Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley did not really have any credible opponents. Yes, including Goldberg, not credible. Uh, Xavier Woods, not credible. Kofi Kingston, not credible. Yes, Bobby Lashley did have a good run as champion. But overall, at that time, and still to this day, the Universal Championship is the main headlining title in all of WWE. Whatever happened to the, to the prestige, whatever happened to the significance of the WWE title, or even the WWF title, if we could go as far back as the greats like Hulk Hogan? And the greats like uh, Bret the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. And all of the great names that held this prestigious, uh, that held this prestigious WWF title or WWE title. Now it's non-existent. And it goes to show that the attention is on the universal title. So you're having this title versus title but the WWE title doesn't even feel that important. There's no storyline around the WWE title anymore, and it's all about Roman Reigns. No offense, I do love Roman Reigns' heel turn and everything that goes with it, but the main focus is not on the WWE title. So my two things that I have with the situation, that I have with the booking of Brock Lesnar, is one, Bobby Lashley has been booked weak as a transitional champion, and second, the handcuffing of the WWE title uh, Monday Night Raw, like I did said, does not does not have a one on one match at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar has the title. He's going up against Roman Reigns in a I guess you could say a winner take all. Is this going to be like a Becky Lynch or Becky two belts? And yes, in the past, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns did have WrestleMania matchups. They did have, I believe, two other prior WrestleMania matchups, and this seems like, I hope to God, that this is the final time that we get to see a Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns match as the way to close off this, uh, I guess you could say, chapter between the two. So with that being said, guys, I am very pissed off about the outcome of this, but everything else was solid the all of the women did a great job in this elimination chamber the elimination chamber match for the woman was great uh, Be- uh, uh bianca belair definitely deserves to win that uh rio ripley did have a good showing but just my frustration of the booking of brock lesnar again closing the show on top now brock lesnar did mention Last night on Monday Night Raw, uh, before I close off, he did mention that there's going to be a house show, a special house show coming at Madison Square Garden. So I don't know if Bobby Lashley will be able to make it, because it is slated that Bobby Lashley was going to take on Brock Lesnar for the WWE title at Madison Square Garden. But it seems like Bobby Lashley might not be able to compete. So my question is, Who? Who? who will be next in line to take on Brock Lesnar. And most likely, it doesn't seem that there's going to be a title change between Brock Lesnar. There's not going to be a title change for Roman Reigns because he even has a title match at Madison Square Garden. I believe it's March 5th. But anyway, I hope you all have a blessed week. Uh, I know this this past outcome, this past finale of Elimination Chamber is a head-scratcher, but hopefully as we go along the road to WrestleMania, things will start to make sense and hopefully Roman Reigns will win both belts and I don't know what they're going to do with the WWE title. It's a case to be made on that. But I hope you all have a blessed week and I'll talk to you all next time.
2: All right, DJ. Well, you didn't disappoint with your voicemail and I understand your frustrations with Brock. I get it. You, Brock is great but that's the problem is it's not as if Brock is not a great professional wrestler he's great one of the greatest of all time love him or hate him it's really ind—really indisputable that he is one of the greatest of all time some people even have him on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling I don't but there's an argument to be made for him to be and I understand though your frustrations with this particular story the last several months. It's Brock Lesnar, it's Brock Lesnar, it's Brock Lesnar. Where the hell are they pushing the youth? I I can't I can't disagree with you, DJ. I have made this point so many times about you know that they don't need Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania. They don't need the title. They hell, they don't need two titles in this. They've put all their eggs in one basket as if Brock Lesnar is transform back to 2002 we're trying to make the next big thing if Brock Lesnar was an up-and-coming star sure why not Brock's not and Roman's not either Roman's been in how many main five times he's been in the main event of Wrestlemania this will be his sixth main event of Wrestlemania Roman Reigns is a made guy and yeah he's probably going to win at Wrestlemania anyway and he'll be a double champion it doesn't look like they're merging the belts by the way it looks like it the way they phrase it on Raw it's a winner take all which means Belts aren't merging. It's just there'll be a double champion, which I like better. But you're right, DJ, and I understand your frustrations. Brock Lesnar is not the future. He is an amazing uh, performer, and he's a once in a generation athlete. But there's no need for this. This is 2022, not 2002, not 2005. Hell, not even 2012. This is 20 years since Brock Lesnar came into business. There's no need for this. The worst part about, you know, it's not even Roman Reigns versus Brock that I have the problem with, even though we've seen this already at WrestleMania twice. It's that they have both belts. It's the biggest problem that I've said that I continue to stand by is what you said, DJ, too, is that they are bringing the WWE championship into this. They're taking a path for a top championship away from everyone else on Raw and just putting it with Brock. And it's crap. It's crap. It's not needed. I understand they want to make Roman now a double champion. Likely. Very unlikely that Brock wins this. But again, the benefit of bringing the belt into this, to say it's title versus title is the biggest it can possibly be. Both belts on the line. Again, that does nothing for me. That benefit to be able to say that versus the downside of screwing over everyone else on a raw roster, it's not even close. It's not even close. The benefit does not outweigh the negative. Not in my mind. So that's how I feel about that. I'm with you, DJ. So uh, thank you for the rant. I am in lockstep with what you're saying here. As you say, what the hell, WWE? (laughs) What the hell? All right. Let's continue on with our next voicemail. Hello, Matt. This is Sharon from Israel. How are you? I
1: hope you have a good week. Um, I watched the Elimination Chamber uh, show. And I got to say it was one of the worst uh, main event, premium main event, Swears to say that, uh, that I seen or that I didn't see. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see most of the event. I watched it uh, live while I was doing... Uh, but while I was uh, driving from pl- places and I saw it uh, while I was in uh, my home. And, and I got to say, I watched wrestling for most of my life. I saw it like every time, even in the worst years, even if the, when I thought that this is like, there is nothing to see. I saw it because it was fun. I saw it because it was uh, entertainment. But now I feel a really crossroad. <laughs> uh, you can say about that about if I can watch, still uh, watch uh, WWE. The thing they did with uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns—it was so, so, so bad how that Brock Lesnar won them all, the how fast he won them all, I mean, I knew that he's going to win and that I had a little, little, little hope that he won't do it, but he did it, and he did it in such a bad way. And and you say to yourself, I mean, this is not WWE, this is like Brock Lesnar's show, I looked up in the last WrestleManias. I think there was something like seven or five um, main event Brock Lesnar matches. Why? I mean, he's, he's a good uh, um, wrestler, but you can see the other young wrestler. You can see the hype they can give. It looked like Vince McMahon put a deal with Brock Lesnar, maybe the Satan, and say, uh Give, uh, take all my money and do whatever he want, and he thought that he will have like I don't know, like more money from it. <sighs> I don't know. It's it's so weird and so uh, embarrassing sometimes to say that I'm watch wrestling when this is what you have. And I think that I will uh, start to watch AEW because I start to feel that uh, watching WWE has no meaning I don't know, like the other matches, why? Intercontinental, United States they did nothing from these titles the women title well you see, now we have again Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch now we have again Charlotte and Ronda Rousey everything happened times and times again nothing in view I don't know Maybe I'm um, also like giving uh, you the things that irritate in me. So, yes, this is like my feelings now. I gotta say that uh, maybe you uh, still think about positive uh, reasons to watch uh, WWE. I mean, a thing that I will watch. But at the time that I didn't watch all of the shows and I just read the results and saw some photos, it was enough. And do I was starting to feel that this is the, the thing that I'm going to do now. Um, yes, I hope that uh, when we are on the road to WrestleMania, I will get more positive. Matches will be more interesting. Maybe now when you don't have the championship, they will have a real drama and not just, oh, this is a championship. let fight on it. And um, yeah. So hope you have a good week. See you next time. Shout out to all of the WWE podcast uh, people. And uh, bye.
2: Hey, Sharon. So I, I hear your frustration too with, with WrestleMania. And, uh, your feeling of feeling embarrassed to be a wrestling fan, a WWE fan, I should say specifically. I feel that way a lot of times. I do this podcast, and I could, I kind of make a secondary living off of it, and I totally understand that. There's also already a built-in stigma of being a pro wrestling fan that that people look down on being a pro wrestling fan for whatever reason. It still isn't part of our society. It just, it, it I don't think it'll ever go away. Uh, you just have to have to kind of get over it. You know, and and there's never going to be a a, a perfect period for WWE. There's very rarely a perfect season of any show. You know, I mean, I don't care what you're watching Breaking Bad, you know, whatever. Any of those even great shows, there very rarely are perfect episodes or perfect seasons. It doesn't exist. So this could just be a bit of a downtime for WWE, according to what you like and don't. Um, But here's what I'll say while you could defect over to, to AEW, and I don't blame you, I would say this. This is the most important time of WWE's entire year. This is WrestleMania season. They've got five weeks now left, about five weeks until WrestleMania. D- give it through WrestleMania. Give them through WrestleMania. Give them another five weeks. See what they do. See what the payoffs are and then make your judgment of whether or not you want to go to AEW because if they can't put their best foot forward and sell you through WrestleMania season, then yeah, I would ha- I would head out, right? So I'm not defending WWE. I I don't get paid to defend them. I I get nothing from them other than saying that I understand your the 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 frustration with booking at times, and especially everything's the Brock Lesnar show. It's Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Lesnar. And you can even hear the fans at Elimination Chamber not happy with this decision. And it it really it may end up biting WWE in the backside because I think the fans are a little bit fed up with already Brock Lesnar sucking in the WWE championship to this match that had no business even being a title match and Brock Lesnar wins the rumble and then gets a universal championship match. And then he's WWE champion. And and he also takes the opportunity away from people that could have uh, a a title match at WrestleMania. There's a lot going into this that the fans could turn on this match, which would be more fun. I hope the fans turn on this match. I do. Uh, But give it to WrestleMania, Sharon. That's what I'll say. Alrighty. Thank you, buddy. And I hope to hear from you next week. Always great to hear from you. So that means we are now into our voicemails for the week. And uh let's uh let's see what we got here. We're gonna go how many we got? Okay, we've got a few. So w- we've got one, two, we've got three. Three from Brad. So Let's see what Brad has to say this
4: Hey, Matt, it's Brad in New York. Um, I'm just listening to your podcast, Post-Elimination Chamber, and um, great as always, but um, I'm listening to you say about how the booking is poor because of the Brock victory, and I totally understand the, why, the way you feel, or why you feel that way. Um, Bobby's um, t- being taken out, I don't think, though, was as cowardly as you say, because... Right after the match, I read that Bobby was legitimately hurt, not by the in-ring move that Rollins did when he threw Austin Theory through the glass, but that he actually had a legitimate shoulder injury right after the Royal Rumble that basically made it um, impossible for him to wrestle, and that we're not going to see Bobby Lashley wrestle until he gets shoulder surgery and all this stuff. So he's going to be out four months, and he had to drop the belt. So, I don't know if that's true. I mean, it is being reported by a few places, and it was reported right after the Royal Rumble, and I wrote it on the Discord that Bobby was legitimately injured and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, uh yeah, I think that's why they did it that way. The one thing that I really thought they were going to do, though, if they knew that they were going to take Bobby out of the match, was replace him with someone else. And when, if you remember, when Bobby's number came up, before Brock broke out of the glass to come in, Um, Riddle was down doing his Randy Orton imitation, and he had just done the Randy Orton move where he holds their feet on the ropes and drops them both on their head, whatever. I really thought that Randy was going to come into that match, and I, I, I'm surprised they didn't replace someone in that match. At the very least, it would have been a good way to create tension between Riddle and Randy in that match, like, is he going to go after me? what's going to happen, um, even if they didn't officially break them up right then and there. Um, just something to think about, but um, great show as always. Thanks. Bye. Matt, it's Brad. Just wanted to finish up um, one other thought. Now, I think the problem, and I, just listening to your post-illumination chamber podcast again, I think the problem is if Roman wins both belts, which I guess is what we expect and it will be cool, But when Roman wins both belts, I think it will be a real notch in his cap and a feather in his cap, as they say. But when he wins both belts, like, how does anyone get the WWE championship off of him? Like, how do you get that belt off Like, he has to lose to someone to get that. And I just don't see that ever happening. Like, who could that happen to or how could that happen? You know, I I can't imagine imagine him getting pinned or losing. So that's the problem that this title versus title thing really creates is to me, now you can't have Roman lose either belt. And therefore you have no one in the WWE who gets that other championship. So I can't even think of a scenario. Maybe like there's a three way match and Roman gets disqualified. Maybe it's for the WWE Championship, Roman gets disqualified, and the other two fight it out, and Seth Rollins wins the WWE Championship, or whatever it is. But that's just a problem to me. Um, How does that other belt get transferred off of Roman at some point? I think the Universal is the one that he should keep, um, not the WWE Championship. And the other interesting thing is, when Roman hit Brock with that belt in Royal Rumble and Bobby Lashley won the championship, Roman looked at that belt with such disgust. He threw it on the floor like it was a piece of garbage. He looked at that WWE championship like it was beneath him almost. And it's just interesting, like, I don't know, does he even want it type of thing? I don't know. I mean Maybe that was why he looked at it that way and threw it on the floor like a piece of garbage because he will relinquish it or something. I don't know. Just thinking about it. Thanks, man. Hey, man. it's Brad again. Uh, Apologies for this third call, but um, on Alexa Bliss, why do we sit through five weeks of therapy if um, she just comes out with the same exact character that she did? By the end, she was looking like she was cured and she was going to be back to being sort of a more normal person, maybe with some sort of weird side to her, but I don't understand she comes out with the swing and everything, it's the exact same thing the same theme music the same character can you uh, tell me why they did all this therapy stuff if that was the ultimate outcome like she's just the same exact person i actually thought she looked pretty good in the ring for not wrestling since september or whatever it was um i thought she looked great but just the character wise it was just stupid that she's the same exact thing so thank you and i promise you that's the last voicemail you'll piece together
2: Hey, Brad. Good points as always. So I'll go through them uh, quickly here. Why did they do that with Alexa Bliss? Why did they have all of her therapy sessions for five weeks and then decide to bring her back with no change at all? She's the same character. And now Lily's back reincarnated in a different body. Well, I think the answer is very simple. They needed their entertainment part of sports entertainment on the show. There was never any intent to change her character. Even though we saw hints of it, and she dressed a little different, she was acting a little bit different—not not, not completely—but you saw hints of okay, maybe it's kind of the uh, the uh, the uh, Alexa Bliss that we knew before showing through. What's going to happen? And it's just her back on her swing. Maybe we'll get another playground you know episode next week. I, I am she needs to get the hell off of backstage. I don't know. Again, the point of it was just to fill entertainment part of of, of uh, the. The presentation for Monday Night Raw, I think that's the biggest part. Is well, we can't have all wrestling. Damn it, we need we need we need the 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 entertainment part of it. You know, that's I think a big part of that is is that. And, and then Alexa Bliss is great. Look, Alexa Bliss, even if you don't like the character, at least you can respect the fact that she's all in. Yes, the character may not be the favorite of a lot of people, and the fact that it didn't change doesn't help. But she's all in. That's the one thing you can hang your hat on and show respect for her for. But yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it, there, there's no there's nothing different. Nothing different. That was frustrating. OK, uh, your other points quickly. I I get your scenario in which because we all believe Roman Reigns is going to win the belt. So he's going to be a double champion at WrestleMania. So let's go with that assumption. The problem with your triple threat example is that if he gets uh, eliminated from a triple threat, unless it's an elimination match, which even then actually wouldn't help. But if he gets disqualified from a triple threat, the problem is there's no such thing as a disqualification in a triple threat because every triple threat by default is no DQ. I don't make the rules on that. I think it's a stupid rule, one that should not exist but it's one that does, and therefore, unfortunately, you, you can't do it that way. The only way you could do it is if Roman Reigns is involved in a triple threat, loses the belt, and he's not involved in the decision. Say Roman Reigns is uh, on the outside, he's quote-unquote injured, and somebody else pins somebody else for the WWE title, and Roman isn't the one to take the pinfall. That's how you could move forward. That's how you do it. So a tri- triple threat is possible, for sure. And actually, I think it's likely, but he's not the one getting pinned or submitted. So he could always claim that he wasn't the one to lose it. You know, that's what I think will happen. But who does it? Who is even capable? Brother, your guess is as good as mine. He has run through everybody on the roster. So I, what are they going to start doing? Just recycling again? Start at the beginning and go through everybody again? Or do they decide to bring the rock back? I, I don't, Or do they bring people up from NXT? Does Cody Rhodes come back? You know all these things. I think Cody Rhodes is going to uh, link up with Edge at WrestleMania. I think they're the two who are going to be um, you know, facing one another at WrestleMania. I don't know the the beef between them, but Cody Rhodes will come up with something. So that is um, that's what I believe about uh, about that. And yeah, I understand. Initially, I did call the booking on Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber cowardly, and I did, and I stand by that. But that was before I saw that they had the injury actually be legitimate. So, of course, I didn't do my homework before, and I thought it was you know a legitimate injury. But I said there was that 1% that maybe if it's not, I respect it, and he should be taken out of the match. Um, but I, I thought at the time that it was just a way to get him out of the match without having him lose the belt himself. So I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I detract my statement because he is actually injured. Yes. Thanks, Brad. Let's continue on.
5: Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore, so I just after watching the Chamber, I was very disappointed, honestly, because it's, to me, when it comes to I love Bianca Belair, right? I think Bianca's great, but the whole reason why she's she's doing the match with Becky Lynch is really just because of riding around and what happened at SummerSlam is really, that's what everyone has been talking about throughout the entire this entire feud, in a lot of ways, that's where it, just, it was born off of. Had that never happened, would we? Would, they would just what do the match the rest of rest to be just because for 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 what other reason? You know, that's the only reason why they're doing the match. It's gonna be a great match. looking forward to it as the fans of both women, more so Becky because I watched her longer than Bianca. I think that's always a disadvantage when it comes to Bianca Belair or or either Ripley. If it is it Sasha Becky. Alexa, they're all three of them, my like, top, top favorite, no matter what. So, when it comes to Bianca and, and Rhea, they're like, second favorite. Anyway, that's my point of, with that. It's just, uh, they're doing a the match because of Ryan and Ronda would have it at SummerSlam. It's not really a full, it's not really a good enough story, uh, with this match, but it is better as a match perspective than Charlotte and Ronda, I felt like. And when it comes to Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, I can care less about this. I can care less. I just, I, Look, Roman Reigns is, is doing the best work all he wants to, but like I said before, he kind of bores me because he has no one credible for him to face on set though. Now it's not his fault. I'm not blaming him, but it's just Brock Lesnar is champion and doing a champion versus champion thing again. There's, there's Becky Lynching this situation. Like, why? Don't go walk out with, 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 with two championships with like Becky Lynch did in 2019. Why? Unnecessary. So I don't know. That's my like two cents with that. I think it's just. Again, I'm a big fan of Bianca Belair. I think she might win the title back again, which which is fine, whatever. I'm okay with that. And with Brock Lesnar and Robin Reigns, I could care less about this match. And that's all they care about. And no one else matters of what happened in the chamber. Get rid of Seth Rollins the the, the, the way that they did and AJ Styles and just, and get rid of Bobby Lashley without even him being involved in the finish either. Just, man, I just, I don't care about Brock Lesnar. He was from, I never watched, I never watched Lesnar in the past anyway. He, I never, I didn't, you know, start watching wrestling until 2008 when I was 11. So it's just, I don't know, everything about this attire, thing about, about the chamber just sucks. And I don't care less about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Even though he's doing great work, who cares? you the best of all he wants to, like I said. But is that anything interesting, at least how, in my eyes, then who cares? But that's, that's what he says about, uh Bianca, Becky, and and Lesnar and Reigns. So that's it. They spoke off
2: Hey Kyle. Boy, there seems to be a consensus among our listeners that they just don't care about Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've cons- they've just gobbled up and cannibalized both belts. It's not the universal. It's the WWE. The most prestigious belt that WWE has is the biggest problem. And I think that there is a big Problem among those, not just among this podcast, but podcast wrestling podcast listeners in general, I think probably feel this way. If, if you polled everyone that listens to wrestling podcasts, I think you would find that this this to be true. Why? Because people that listen to wrestling podcasts are not usually just your casual fans, so to speak. They are the ones that are your lifetime fans because that's extra time that they're dedicating to learning and understanding the product and hearing more about other people's opinions about WWE and diving into the storylines way more than you otherwise would if you're just kind of casually watching the show and you you, maybe you catch the highlights wrestling podcast listeners are a different breed so I believe that you we represent the majority not all but the majority of those that feel uh this way about Brock Lesnar and Roman because it's not that the match quality would be bad it's not that Roman's doing great work or Brock Lesnar sucks. None of that's true. They're all great. It's odd saying this about such big stars that are at the top of their game. Roman Reigns has never been better. He's a heel finally. Yeah, all these things. And yet we're complaining about it because, number one, we've seen it a lot. But number two, it's them, WWE, trying to, to take everything and put it into this match when it's not needed. And fans are frustrated and they're they're annoyed by it because they, they wanted Seth or... Anyone else on Raw to have a chance at winning the belt on uh, at WrestleMania, and it's a damn shame. So uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what else to say, guys. I mean, I, let's let's see if the other voicemails follow suit. But thank you, Kyle, for your for your comments.
6: What's up, Matt? It's Rocky T from Houston, Texas. Longtime listener, first time caller. <clears throat> Just calling for a couple of comments. First off, Brock situation winning the belt. Not very happy about it. Bobby going out. I'm hoping they can rectify the situation by putting Bobby in the match and make it a three-way at WrestleMania. I know you're not a fan of three ways, triple threats, but I am, so maybe they can rectify
4: it that way. Um love the podcast, love all the shows. Really enjoy listening to me,
6: me, and Ashley Mann doing the AEW podcast. Uh, um, listening to an AEW podcast on a, the official WWE podcast like that. Um Anybody that's gonna be thrown Royal Blood of Roman Reigns has to be wrestling Royalty themselves. So if the forbidden door of Cody Rhodes is the one, I'm okay with that. The forbidden door at the Rumble, I believe, was Mickey James. I'm not sure if anybody picked up on that. Um or if y'all talked about it on the previous podcast, I listened as much as possible. Um, I see it as her being a teenage champ. If they have teenage tag titles on AEW. Well, I saw her at the Fifidora. um I also want to touch out and let you know I'm a 34 years old 30-year fan of wrestling, so I've been through the Attitude Era era, Aggression Era, PG Era, this beat-up John Cena era, everything. I know all about it. Um, and again, really enjoy listening. I got a couple more things to say about you. Um, you touched down one time about why they call us WWE Universe instead of fans? Well, think of it this way: I see it as you being part of the WWE Universe because I watch WWE on TV religiously, and I listen to your podcast as as also as an escape to hear y'all's thoughts and y'all's uh, expressions to the matches, and I enjoy listening. And it's a, you know it's a rabbit hole for me listening to all of y'all talk. So you're part of the universe. Also, uh, I know you have a beef with the transition move of the super kick. Well, I do too. But why is it a transition move? Well, because nobody else has the power to make it a knockout kick like HBK, which is why it's called the Sweet Cheat Music, but he does it. Um, so anyways, I'm going to go ahead and cut out for now. Uh, I'll call back some other time. Again, Rocky T from Houston Texas. Uh, also, two, three matches, Britt Baker versus the Queen Charlotte and AJ Styles versus the Imposed. Alright, I'll
2: listen next week. Thanks. So Rocky G from Texas. Thirty-four years old, you've been watching wrestling for thirty years. So at four years old, you you were sitting in front of the TV watching wrestling. Those are some good parents right there. I mean that that's that's my plan with my son, right? Like he's already kind of caught me watching wrestling. He's like, Daddy, what's that? And you know, my wife's not really on board for that yet because she feels that it's still a little too violent for him and yeah, we'll see about that. I, I may just plop him right in front of the TV on Monday Night Raw and just say, watch this, son. You know, you're know, you going to do this one day. and Pay our bills. Um, but no, that, that's that's really cool. I appreciate you listening for so long and you you called in for the first time. Which, by the way, if you guys want to contribute, those of you out there that want to throw your two cents in it on a weekly basis, call in. That number is 518-952-0247. So you can join Rocky. Um, and uh, so hey hey! listen so um the super kick thing yeah look i understand that when hbk does it apparently he's stronger than everybody else i mean <laughs> I, I that that's a little bit implausible uh, you know i i would i would argue that he's probably no stronger than dolph ziggler who does it you know or uh the usos or do who do it uh you know i I'll just roll with maybe HBK has a sweet spot on the chin that's a knockout shot, and everybody else has been doing it wrong all these years. Fine. Okay. <laughs> it, I just don't like when finishers become transition moves over time. The choke slam is also starting to happen as a, a, trans, as a transition move. Damian Priest does the choke slam, along with somebody else who does it, too. Uh, I believe uh, Omas does it. But is, doesn't Omas actually use it as a finish? It's a double choke slam. Uh, or choke bomb or whatever he calls it, but uh, yeah, nah, okay, fine. It's HBK. He he can you know he can hit that angle perfectly. I'll go with that. Let's roll with that. Oh yeah, the the for the forbidden door of being Mickey James is a big bummer. Sorry, Mickey, not that exciting. And then uh, you know being called the WWE Universe still. I understand what you're saying. You know the the universe. Here's the thing: the universe covers everything. Saying the word universe literally covers any and everything that has ever existed ever. So if you're saying the WWE universe, to me, it's a corporate buzzword. I have no problem being called a fan. The WWE fans. What's wrong with that phrase? Uh, did Vince feel it was antiquated? Did somebody run a poll with the fans and say, "Huh? Well, I can tell you guys are, you're, you're insulted by being called fans. What do you want to be called? No one asked me it yeah. doesn't seem like there was an uprising. People had no problem being called fans. And all of a sudden one day WWE's like, "Eh, we're going to call you the universe." It's it feels almost a little less personal. It feels a little bit more high level removed. It feels corporate. Eh, I'm not a fan of it. I understand what you're saying. It's been how many years now that they've changed the 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 slang to call us universe, changed the verbiage. And now I'm still not used to it. It's gotten no better for me. I, I, I want to be called a fan because that's exactly what I am. The universe takes us back even further. It doesn't describe, exa- well, okay, you're part of the universe. Well, what, 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 is that, what does that mean exactly? What part of the universe? What are you doing in the universe? You know, it's just a little bit more, I guess, um, dehumanizing to be called the part of the WWE universe. It also doesn't sound cool. That's me. I don't like the phrasing at all. It's not getting better for me. But thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate you calling for the first time. And, uh, hey, you want to make this a weekly thing? More more power to you, and I hope you do. All right. Let's let's uh, let's continue on with these wonderful voicemails. Only a few left, and then we'll say goodnight. So here we go.
4: Hey, Matt. This is Elias again. Uh, so uh, I just have a short thing to say this time. For WrestleMania between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, DQ finish. It's going to be a disqualification. It's just going to be a DQ finish. They're gonna—that's how they're going to keep the championship separate. They're going to have it be a DQ finish, and that way Brock and Roman will both get to keep their championships, and that's how they're going to save their their hides. That's how WWE is going to save themselves with a DQ finish. It's going to be a DQ finish.
2: Trust me. Okay. Bye. A lie up. So, <laughs> I love your thinking. I want this to happen. I would, I, I would pay good money to see WWE build up this main event since SummerSlam, since Brock's return, uh, and have him. And have WWE after all this time. They're both champions. Who's going to win? Brock wants his revenge. Roman screwed him over. Now Brock's champion. Now it's title versus title. Are they going to merge them? Who's going to be victorious? Let's get to the main event. It's night two. Let's do it. And it's a DQ finish. I want to see that. The reason I want to see that is I want to see what the fans do. I don't think I've ever seen wrestling ever pull a DQ finish out of WrestleMania in the main event. So you have that going for you, that if they want to make history, that's one way to make history. Ultimately, do I think that's going to happen? I, I disagree. I do not think that's going to happen because there would be an absolute upheaval of the arena. For those people that do care about this finish, of which I, th- I think there's a handful. If you're if you're going to WrestleMania paying your hard-earned money, I think you'd want to participate in this and care. You're going to force yourself to care with all the effort you get to WrestleMania. The money, the time, the all of it. You're going to want to care about this outcome. So I want to see what the fans do. It would be a disaster. People would, their heads would explode. So, Aliyah, I I don't think it's going to happen because it would, I think it would actually get to the point of not just fans losing their minds and heel heat. All It would go beyond heel heat. It would put the heat directly on the company. I don't think they want that. It would actually create bad press for the company. So that's the reason I don't think they'll do it, because it would go beyond heel heat and protecting the championships and keeping them separate. They're going to keep them separate anyway. They're just going to put the two belts on one person. They're not merging the championships, from what I understand. But boy, oh, boy, Aliyah, <laughs> I, I really want to see this now. You, now now it's in my mind that imagine imagine the reaction and just pan to the crowd and get like individual people's faces like uh, of reactions when this happens. It would be like the Undertaker's uh, streak being broken at WrestleMania 30. Like, Remember the faces people were making? Like The the guy in the front row who had glasses on, his eyes were going to pop out of his head. That kind of stuff. And then people boo and realize what happened. And then, oh my gosh. All right, now I'm I'm getting excited for for that. But thank you, buddy, for calling in. And uh, hopefully we'll hear from you next week. All right, let's get to our final two voicemails. Let's go. Hey,
0: everybody, this is Memphis Mark calling you from Bullet Manor here. And uh, how about the nice new cowboy uh, Brock Lesnar, the kindler, gentler, the shaking hands, kissing babies, really nice guy? Well, I don't know. You know, its uh, I've, I was sitting in a room with a few other people that actually uh, – are a a variance of of ages uh, from in their 20s all the way up to me being dirt. And uh, they kind of, you know, the uh, opinion kind of varies. A lot of people are really liking this new Brock. And, you know, it's uh, to keep him around and to keep him, you know, as far as uh, these have been a ton of shows he's been on. I mean, normally he would just drop in and, and make an appearance, you know, sign the contract for six appearances in a year. But it seems he's kind of enjoying himself too. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not understanding Damien Priest. Uh, the crowd kind of turned on him. Uh, you know, when he was trying to do his promo, I didn't think his promo was bad. Um, I just don't know. Uh, uh you know, uh, when he's, he's speaking, they haven't given him the right, uh, storyline yet or, or done anything with him like that. Um, uh, Kind of surprising. Uh, but anyway, uh was going through that night though today. Did something kind of funny. Uh, Road dog is really putting up a, a lot of his t shirt sales now, trying to get uh, some of that money back he's missing since he's been uh, 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 separated from the WWE for a short while, I'm sure. But anyway, guys, have a great day. Um, I will have to say, AEW, uh, WWE, if I was. Wondering where they are, just look over your shoulder because they're coming up fast. Uh, guys, have a great one. And uh, spay and neuter. And uh, Matt, get some sleep.
2: Memphis Mark, one of our favorites. How you doing, buddy? Hope all is well down there in Mullet Manor. And this new Brock. Very quickly, if you guys heard this show, I, this is not going to be a new opinion. I haven't changed my opinion about Brock since he returned. I If I was to choose between the old Brock look and, and, and uh, mannerisms and this Brock, I would choose the old Brock every day of the week. Doesn't mean I hate this version of Brock. I don't think it's heel, he, uh, heel inducing at, for the most part. I don't think it's channel changing. I don't you know, despise it. This isn't Miz and Morrison for me. This is It's just not my preference. That's all. It's not bad. I don't think it's damaging to Brock. And I understand he's trying to show us a different side of him. I knew that was the case. Clearly, we all did. And Brock said that on the Pat McAfee show, that the infamous interview he did that has over 2 million views now on the Pat McAfee show, that's just on YouTube. I don't know what the other download numbers are. I'm sure it's well over 5 million if you were to accumulate, uh, cumulatively look at them all. But I think that, yeah, the, this Brock Lesnar with the ponytail and the cowboy hat and now he came out this past week with like a Christmas sweater on it looked like, I, uh, it's not my Brock. I, I know he's a kinder, kinder, gentler Brock and he is showing us a different side of him. But to me, it's just... Uh, it's, it's not my thing. It's just it's OK to eh. not 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 my thing. Now, the thing is, when he's in the ring, all bets are off. He's still that same Brock. That's cool. So regardless of what he shows us when he's, you know, in character on the mic doing his thing promo wise, when he gets into the ring in a match, he's still the old Brock Lesnar. That's what matters to me the most. So that's what I think about it. The crowd turned on Damien. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier, too, and uh, they did. And I think it's because they're frustrated with where he's going. They're kind of annoyed by his character, not understanding it. Where this Damien darkness came from, that was never explained. Uh, The the promo wasn't bad. You're right. But I think the crowd also is recognizing, as you said, that they haven't given him anything to do. They've given him Jack, you know what to do. There's been nothing solid that he's done since he was with Bad Bunny last year. So, yeah, they need to do something quick with him if they want to turn it around to not have everyone turn on him. But maybe it's good that the crowd turned on him. At least they're giving him some kind of response, even if it's a negative. I think that he should be a heel. I don't think Damian Priest is a natural babyface anyway. I think he's a full-born or a naturally born heel. That's my take on him. He just has the look. He's got that deep, dark voice. Uh, you know, he's to me, he's everything about him screams heel. But if they want to turn it around, they better do it quick. So uh, yeah, but uh, co- good points, Mark. I appreciate you calling in every week. I look forward to to hearing your voice, and uh, we'll talk next week, I hope. All right, guys, it's time to bring in the closer. It's time to bring in the closer. Y'all know who this is. This is Justin from Maryland.
7: Hey, man, how you doing? This is Justin from Maryland. Just wanted to get my thoughts on the chamber and basically what's going on. So, first, um... The uh, men's chamber, I was definitely disappointed um, just just from a match standpoint. Um, I agree with you. Um, the, the thing that got me the most was Seth being the first one eliminated. Um, they've been building him up for years. The crowd is definitely into him. And he just gets pins with one at five. Um, I kind of had a feeling that brock was gonna win but i felt like you know it would be a more competitive match maybe seth would have got one or two eliminations i don't know i was just very disappointed and um basically what i feared happened so we got that winner take all match at mania uh i fully expect reigns to win i don't think brock's gonna win because brock's not full-time so definitely felt like rome is gonna win um I'm not really interested in this whole tag team title situation with Seth and K. O. Um, I guess it's fine if they win, but Seth has had like five different tag teams uh which he won champions with Dean Ambrose, Jason Jordan, Braun Strowman, and Buddy Murphy. So I'm not really excited for this. Um I don't I don't think that they'll win. I think it's possible, but I think Um, Alpha Cali will retain, but um, I'm not sure. I definitely love Seth. I said before, he's my number two to Reigns. Um, He definitely needs a uh, single championship very soon. I'm not sure where they're going with this whole double title thing. Um, I guess they're going to let Reigns hold it until, like, SummerSlam. But hopefully Seth is the guy to take one of the belts off of Roman. Either Seth withdrew at SummerSlam. But um yeah, it's just disappointing how Seth is just not being booked right like it's like he's like this is probably his best character ever and they just need to put a title on him. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um I definitely enjoyed the women's chamber match more. Um I wanted Bianca I mean I wanted Alexa to win but hey Bianca and Belair, I guess you can I mean I'm sorry, Bianca and Becky. I guess you can just give Belair her second title run, give her that moment and then hey, maybe Alexa Bliss take the title or her or Real rookie down the line. So um I think that's it. Um I enjoy Reigns winning. I love Reigns. Um I definitely Hey, it's Justin from Maryland again. Um, I was just saying that uh I enjoy Reigns winning. He's definitely doing great work. And um looking forward to his run continuing through this year. Um, I definitely see that we're getting Corbin and McIntyre mania. I don't think anyone wants to see that. But there's really no one that he can face. The SmackDown roster is so weak. So, there's really no one that McIntyre can face. I guess they're gonna go with Corbin being a big threat because he's undefeated since he's been happy Corbin. You know, no one's kicked out of End of Days. So I feel like at WrestleMania, we're gonna get a good match. Probably McIntyre, I mean, probably Corbin hit the End of Days, Drew a kick out, get a big pop out of that, and then he'll hit a Claymore boom. So, I guess we're just gonna, Oh uh, no! I guess WWE just putting all their baskets in the uh, range right now. I'm sorry, all their eggs in one basket with with range right now. So it looks like he'll be double champion, and until like SummerSlam, and then uh, they'll, he'll probably drop one of the belts. So that's it, man. Um, looking forward to SmackDown this week and uh, everything else coming up. Oh, another thing. Um, this whole Brock Lesnar title match at a uh, MSG. I don't. I don't know why they're saying it's going to be Bobby Lashley when they already said he's going to be out for four months. So that. So that didn't even make sense to me. So I don't know who Bobby's going to face at um, MSG. It would be really great if it was Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns can screw Brock out of that, and Seth could be champion. But that's just. Wishful thinking that that's probably not going to happen. Like I said, I think Seth's going to win the belt sometime prior to summer or something. So I don't know who Brock could face. But, yeah, that's it, man. Um, Sorry for the long message. I just had a lot to get off my chest. I was disappointed in the the Elimination Chamber. and um, But I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. You know, always looking forward to that. So, yeah, that's it, man. Um, Looking forward to your responses. I'll talk to you next week.
2: Justin, Justin, Justin. Yeah. So let, let's go through your points. There's always great points to bring up here as far as the competitiveness of the chamber. I agree. Now, not only did Brock Lesnar win his win, um, I think, make a lot of people sour. And you can even hear the people in Saudi Arabia who you never know what they're going to do with cheer and boo. Generally, they, they followed most of what the United States fans uh, would would uh, cheer and boo for, but sometimes they do wacky stuff. Like if Mansoor is there, he's, you know, a God among men when he's in the United States, he's just another enhancement talent, but yeah. So the, the competitiveness of the chamber was to me, one of the biggest issues too. beyond Brock Lesnar actually winning and capturing the belt to get into the main event unnecessarily is that he just dispatched some of the guys that they've been doing great work with easily. It was such a message from WWE that Brock Lesnar is so far ahead of everyone else it's not even close, which is really a bad message to send because Seth Rollins is doing career work and he gets dispatched with one F5, as you said. AJ, boom, gone. Uh, Austin Theory obviously you know, was the final competitor before uh, with Brock Lesnar. But you know, Riddle, boom, gone. Uh, so it, all these guys that they've done a great job building up over the last six months are all destroyed in a moment's notice with an F5. I agree. Uh, The tag titles with KO and Seth, I I, I don't really want to see this, but if Stone Cold's not going to come back for a match with Kevin Owens, I guess this is the next best thing because who else are they going to face one-on-one? If if the WWE title's not available, then it's just personal feuds that they have left to work with. So with Kevin Owens and Seth, if they win the tag belts, which I actually don't think they will either, Kevin Owens keeps railing on Texas, so Stone Cold's coming in somewhere, even if it's not for a match. And, and KO will end up eating a stunner. There's no question about it, uh, if it's not in a match or not. But if they, if they don't win the belts, that would tell me that then it may be a match between Austin and KO. If they do win the tag team titles in two weeks or now almost in a week, then they will likely defend those belts at WrestleMania. So that's what I'd look out for. WWE, um, oh, oh! I wrote a note as you were talking. The note I wrote was, I think the biggest reason for WWE putting this title match together with Brock as the champion, as I was thinking about this, one of the biggest benefits of this, while it doesn't make sense and Brock doesn't need it and this match doesn't need it, this program doesn't need it, I think the biggest reason is it gives a whole other roster that Roman Reigns can work with. It's it's not having it, it's having the brand split and not having the brand split. Roman Reigns, WWE knows that he has run through the entire SmackDown roster. And if they don't give him the WWE Championship, he can't access the WWE raw roster to work with. It's like a whole new fresh set of guys. Rollins is on there, they have unfinished business, as you said. Rollins could be the one to take the WWE title off of him. There are guys on the round, uh, Randy Orton, working with uh, Roman Reigns. Yes, they worked at last year's Survivor Series, but no one remembers that. And yes, Drew McIntyre's on SmackDown. They haven't got to him yet. So there are a few big names out there, and it gives uh, WWE a lot of flexibility with Roman's opponents because they know they're running thin on the number of people that he can work with. Big names, especially, and people that are actually worthy of that championship match. So I think the biggest reason is to to put it on him is to allow WWE a whole new roster that he could work with while still working it within the brand split because he's a double champion. So that's the biggest reason. So, all righty. Thank you, Justin. A great way to close out, as always. Appreciate hearing from you. And I'll be uh, interested in hearing what your thoughts are next week because we will be a week closer to WrestleMania. We're about five weeks out here now. So. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. We're closing in on an hour and 45 minutes here, and I do appreciate everybody for uh, taking the time to call in. You can also email us at mailbag at wwpodcast.com. Call in, 518-952-0247. And uh, consider going ad-free on Apple Podcasts, which has a, a subscribe button. We have a Patreon page that people have been joining left and right lately that has a Discord server. You can chat with all the other patrons anytime you want about wrestling. It's really fun during live events and everything ad-free. Or on our our website, wwepodcast.com, you can go VIP. There's a go VIP button right there. You click join. And right now, I'm running a promotion, 50% off the first month. That's 50% off of a normal $3 month. It's now just $1.50. You get ad-free content that started a few days ago. I don't have the whole library in there right now. Just a few days worth of ad-free content. But exclusive Video content is coming soon. It'll just be like, you know, thirty second to a minute, maybe two minute videos on things that I'm going to be talking about that you won't see anywhere else, including Patreon. So this is going to be exclusive to our website. So consider joining us there and use the code WrestleMania. Use that promo code WrestleMania to get 50% off uh, and then join us there. So, everybody, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the WWE Podcast Mailbag. I'll be back Sunday night with your Week in Review. Until then, take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time.
4: Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com.